Ask Canada Immigration Lawyer Evelyn Aka. Good day. My name is Evelyn Aka. I'm the founder and managing lawyer of Aka Business Immigration Law. We are based in Calgary, Alberta, and we have two offices in Toronto and Vancouver, Canada as well. I focus primarily on cross-border NAFTA immigration law for professionals as well as families and individuals looking to move to Canada or move to the United States. I would like to welcome you to my podcast. It's called Ask Canada Immigration Lawyer Evelyn Aka. I have the pleasure today of joining with me is Charles Fair, who is the founder and managing lawyer of Fair Legal. Thanks for joining. Well, thank you, Evelyn. It's great to have you. Um, I wanted to invite you because we recently connected. um, We're referral partners between ACA Law and your firm, but also we're in a business group together and we're also both in Calgary. And um, I thought, well, we have to support one another. And I wanted to learn more about your practice, um, what you do at Fair Legal, and maybe just start off with why did you open the firm? Well, I opened the firm. I've got about 30 years of experience as a lawyer. And uh, most of that uh, that experience has been dealing with lots of messy litigation kinds of things. And I just found that when I've worked with other um, lawyers, I just don't agree with their, their approach to the practice of law and their approach to clients. And one of the things... Um, it's a, sometimes it just seems to be it's all about the money. Now, obviously, money is important for business, but that's not the only thing. The clients are really important, mm-hmm. and and I I really think about the say the ethics or the morality involved in a client's decision making process, the, the psychological elements, and and you know when it comes to immigration, for example, when you know a, a criminal case has immigration implications, you know, what might look like a a straightforward deal from a a standard criminal perspective um, may have, you know, some very serious consequences, life consequences to the, to the client that, that, you know, might not get taken into account. So I, I try to take into account those, those broader things that happen in people's lives. And, you know, that's how I got into criminal law because, you know, anyway, so I, talk, so I really like talking, don't I? No, no, this is perfect. That's why I do litigation. No, that's why you're a litigator. I always thought I would be a litigator because I talk, oh, really? but I, I, it's not my personality. I, I like, I like happy law. And as I say, I like the, the, the happy side of it. I, I'm not big on the confrontation, but I also think to be a litigator, you have to be very strategic. And so there's that part of me that I don't have that those skill sets that you yeah. probably have at that level. Um, tell me about fair legal though, like the practice area specifically, so that people will know what you do. Yeah. So I I what I'm I, our 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 magic statement, so to speak, is that we are your champions for justice. Uh, in when life gets messy, whether you're facing a, a criminal problem, a civil problem, or a family law problem, you know we don't pick our our the when we screw up in life, we don't pick what area of law it is, exactly. and so it's a very client focused um, practice. And yeah, I keep I keep getting encouraged to specialize in one area or the other, and I just I, I can't. I just <laughs> it, and and it's partly because the the stuff is interacted. It you is. know, somebody comes in with a civil problem, say a, a problem with their their business, mm-hmm. um, a business partnership uh, 
is going bad, well, that has family law implications, mm-hmm. you know, or the family law has got implications with the, the business stuff. Yeah. Maybe there's some criminal uh, behavior involved in that. There's yeah. just too many cross-cutting stuff. And, and, and people aren't thinking about those other consequences when they're, they, when they got a narrow focus. So I would say litigation specifically. Yep. And maybe all areas of litigation that yeah. you feel confident in. So that's good to know. I, I don't do any happy law. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think you must do happy law when your clients get what they want and it's over and they're happy. Well, it's, over. <laughs> well, it's always it's always funny. It's like you, you finish off a file and, and and it's not like you you wish to have a repeat client. It's like <laughs> both sides, but I hope I never see you again. Exactly. I know. Even when they win, right? It's, it's, it is a challenge. That's a, that's the real difference between what I do and what you do. But I think you're right. What are you? One of the things you mentioned, Charles, around, let's say criminal law, is that I work with other criminal lawyers and like yourself around the decision on immigration, the impact, you know, settling or pleading versus you know, fighting and trying to get completely exonerated and then having a criminal history. And if you're a permanent resident, that could change your life. You could be sent to another country you may never even have ever visited or know well because you never became a Canadian citizen. So those are real things where our practices intersect is it's almost like crimmigration, some lawyers call it, where there's the criminal piece and the immigration piece and you have to work together. Otherwise, the impact is so severe, right? For families as well. They lost the breadwinner and all of those things. So oh, exactly. Yeah. So I think of a of a case recently, the the Humboldt uh, bus tragedy, because uh, it's my understanding that the uh, the person was uh, who was accused was a was an immigrant, mm-hmm. and quite possibly may become inadmissible afterwards. Exactly. I, I'm not gonna. I don't know a lot about the details, other than his sentence was way more than he he ought to have gotten. And he he quite possibly had a good defense, but that he was overwrought by guilt about mm-hmm. what had happened. Mm-hmm. And, and that psychological component to the decision making is something that I think uh, lawyers don't always take into account because I, I think I would have, no, I, I'm not saying that the, the lawyer who represented him didn't try. I mean, I would hope that he tried, yeah. but I would think that that one one way of of talking to your client is saying look this is not just about you the criminal justice system when when i when i say get off a, a criminal who's who you know people say that to me all the time mm-hmm. well, how can you represent somebody who's guilty well no part of my job is to make sure that the state the the government is not overreaching right yeah. part of my my passion for this is to make sure that people are treated fairly yeah and part of the, the role is also to make sure that the justice system as a whole is functioning properly. Mm-hmm. And if somebody is, is setting a really bad precedent because they're feeling guilty, they need to be thinking maybe that this is that there's some wider issues here than just their life. Exactly. You know? I like that. It so, seems like you've got this real holistic approach to the way you yeah. practice law. Yeah. Well, no, yeah. Yeah. You can't just yeah. compartmentalize. I, I hear what you're yep. saying really true so how did you get into law charles what was where are you you know it's it's a it's a really interesting question because i thought i would be 
terrible at it. I, I did an undergraduate degree in social anthropology. Yeah. One of my courses was in legal anthropology. And I thought, well, this is really interesting. It's fascinating because the legal system is about how we regulate our relationships between people as a society and, and yeah. all of that. So I found that very interesting, but I never thought I could be a lawyer. Well, after I graduated, I worked in the uh, the IT business. Wow. And I ended up working uh, in the computer services group for a very large national law firm. Mm -hmm. And at that point, I realized, gosh, I can do what these guys do. So I was no longer intimidated. I mean, I come from a fairly blue collar yeah. background. My father was in, was in computer technology himself. So I had some skill set there. Wow. Um, you know, they, so I don't, um, but I don't come from, I think I was the first one of all my cousins to go into, you know, anything kind of post-secondary. Yeah, so, yeah, I come so from it was, background. Yeah, my dad was. Yeah, dad, so. so I was intimidated. And then once I'm working with these lawyers trying to design databases for litigation support, I'm thinking, you know, I can do this. So I wrote the LSAT and um, I scored in the 92nd percentile. So I, I ended up getting into a really good law school. So it Where just. Where did you go? Uh, University of Toronto. Oh, great. Great. My sister a, went there too for law school. I was at UBC. Yeah, that's excellent. It was a great school. I, I had such great professors and I yeah. still remember some of the, the words they used in their, in their, <laughs> uh, their lectures. And, and, you know, it was a really good experience. And I remember thinking and reading some stuff about how law school can change people's values. Mm. And I, I, I found I recently found some articles on that issue that I had clipped in, at the time and stuck them in a file folder like 30 years ago. And I go, you know, I really said to myself at the time, I'm not going to let that happen to me. Yeah. I'm going to come into this. I've got a set of values. I'm, you know, I'm very interested in making the world a better place. And what Absolutely. is, why, how do we make it better? Right. Mm. And, and all of the philosophy and, and, political science when it comes right down to it it's 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 in the nitty-gritty of the law courts where mm -hmm. where all of that stuff starts to have an effect on people's lives absolutely right so absolutely so you can that's great i love that because just like you i'm from you know a, a background that's quite modest we're immigrants and and it was like i was the first one just you know like you and yeah. so my sister's a lawyer too so we, we have to be you know like that's the yeah. difference kind of obligation you come and you have to take advantage of every opportunity but um Ooh, sure. yeah. so were you used to work in firms with other people and then you just decided it's time to do my own thing is that what happened for you oh yeah there was yeah. there was uh numerous irritants yeah. like like just a, a little a funny little thing oh funny it's <laughs> so the the firm was insisting on a uh on an administrative fee based on a percentage of my of my billable rate. And mm -hmm. I just, I, I just found that just so offensive and I couldn't get the, the managing partner to, to, I said, look, why don't we raise my fees? He says, well, you can raise my fees, your fees if you want, but we're still raising our, our admin crazy. fee. Yeah. And I, I said, well, that means that, you know, this is to pay for photocopies and whatnot. So my hourly rate, much higher than a junior associates, my yeah. clients are paying a higher admin fee Mm -hmm. for no extra service uh, you know it's that was the end of it like yeah that. no there's always a reason I think that lawyers you know I was a partner at a big firm and there's a reason we make the change and I think sometimes we start thinking like the client I start you know I always put myself in the client's shoes how does this look if I'm the client yeah. how does this feel if I'm the yeah. client and if it doesn't feel right you know what you did is what I did was like I want to offer better 
and you wanted to offer better without this this bureaucracy and um it there's definitely some benefits of being able to make your own decisions rather than going to partners meetings to you know yeah hold what's the plan <laughs> yeah and, and and you know when i start hiring associates i'm i'm thinking oh how do i um inculcate a set of the same set of values, right? We're running a business. We've got to make sure it's profitable, but this is ultimately about serving our clients, serving society and and making a difference in the world. And that's absolutely. So I think that is the challenge. I mean, one thing I've noticed, I've been on my own as a small firm owner now for 10 years, just over 10 years and um, the staffing or the hiring of associates you know, it's challenging. You may develop a wonderful article and students to become great associates, and then they get poached by the bigger, bigger firms. So it becomes a real thing of what's, the, you know, how is this going to work? Because you want them to appreciate all the flexibility that they have or all the, the, the access different from big, big firms where they sit in a boardroom with paper. They don't have any client contact. They don't go to court. They don't, you know what I mean? They have yep. to see, for instance, for you, the value of being, they get to go to litigation. They get to go to court. They get to, they're not the ones that do the grunt work and then someone else shows right. up and, right? So right. it is a challenge. It is a challenge for sure. Yeah. Can I ask you, Charles, how has um, COVID affected you and or your business? Uh, have you been busier or less busy? What's been the... Well, um, it, initially it was interesting there was a real um uh boost right at the beginning because some some clients all of a sudden were really motivated to get some some cases resolved that had been kind of sitting there <laughs> we'd kind of had a a wait and hold strategy because it made sense from and then and it was like nah let's let's get this done so we had we had a, some extra work on that i think that there's um it did affect some of our clients abilities to pay yes but on, in other cases, I think the clients had more disposable income because instead of spending it on their vacation, they were spending it on <laughs> solving that mess that they had created. I've heard that. Everybody seems to have put away so much more money than small business owners. I have no idea, but yeah. I've heard that. I'm glad to hear that. So if I was a client looking to contact you and reach out by email or telephone, what's your what's your process to, to deciding You know, if this is a a valuable relationship that you want or a new file that you want so that people understand how to contact you, but also what your process is in determining if you can assist. So one of the, the, the things that's really made a difference in my practice is that I don't handle that onboarding, that initial intake. Mm-hmm. So my business manager, uh, Melanie, uh, is the first point of contact or perhaps the second point of contact. So she'll actually have a consultation with the client, find out w- what the, what's going on in the client's life and find out whether they can, they can, they've got a legal problem that we can do and yeah. whether, um, whether they can afford us. I mean, that's, that's often an issue and she works through all of those issues mm-hmm. and, and, uh, and then she'll sign the client up and they'll pay a retainer. Then in uh I get um, a str- have a strategy session with the client, um, and and that strategy session ends up being, uh, unless I get really long winded, it tends to be <laughs> much more efficient. Yeah, I think and, that and, makes sense. And, and, 
Yeah. And then I can really focus on on solving the client's problem, which I would anyways, but I'm not I'm not sitting there worrying about, oh, I'm giving away my 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 expertise here yeah. and not getting paid, which is what I would generally tend to do in the past. So that's been a really big thing for me. So. Oh, I'm glad to hear that. Obviously, I know where that came from. Yeah, our- yeah. I, I love it. I love your implementing. Um, do you charge for consultations or meetings with like with your business manager? How do people like every firm is different? Is it a free call yeah, or is that, it a that, that first a consultation with her is is uh, completely free? So okay. and it's only if they they're getting legal advice yeah. or strategy session. The strategy session is is paid. Sometimes if, if uh, Melanie's not quite sure on on whether we should be uh, taking the case or whether it's something to solve, then then the client gets a uh, a short free consultation. Of course, yeah. Yeah, that's that's the challenge I find for us is keeping ourselves focused on the existing client work, right? And not getting caught up in all the potential things that can come in the door that doesn't, that may or may not assist your client. So you want to focus on the work you have to do that's taking care of people and let other people manage that. So that's exactly how we do it as well. Tell me about your team 100. I'm really impressed that you started, you started it. It looks great. Um, yeah, you know, it's, I'm on it. So I'm honored. Yeah, yeah, the T100 the, the has been a, a fun process because it's, it's, uh, I, I'm a member of uh, BNI as well, yep. as a working group. And um, uh, it's, it's very similar um, idea. And that is that if, if, if I'm spending my time promoting other people's business, mm-hmm. it, it just seems way more fun than promoting my own, basically, you know, <laughs> like, I would rather say, look, it's just an easier sell to, yeah. to some extent, right? You yeah. know, like, um, so th- that's the genesis of it. And, um, and it's been really interesting. I, I called up somebody that were, okay, we had somebody to, to do a will client. Mm-hmm. And, um, Sorry, they needed a will done, and I don't do any of that happy law. I don't do any solicitation work at all. So, so I thought, okay, well, I'm going to go slightly outside my my network yeah. and to to um, uh, find another lawyer to refer to. So, um, found one, contacted him. We referred him the work. He was very happy with the referral. Then we scheduled a um, uh, my staff scheduled a call with. Um, just a, a get to know you kind of call yeah, between yeah. eyes, so I could figure out whether I'd add him to my team 100. And um, as it turns out, he's also a member of BNI in another chapter. Oh, that's so, great. so, great. so the, the very next day he sent me another client. I think he sent me another couple of clients. That's perfect. And I, he got the, the last issue of the team 100 that came out a day afterwards. He sent me a client. That's awesome. So, so I think that 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 idea is it seems to uh, be really really effective mm-hmm. way of of building relationships. Yeah, so, especially um, during COVID. I mean, it's not like we're able to sit and have drinks and do the social yeah, stuff that we used to. Yeah. Do. I think it's a wonderful way. Yeah. And working on it, it's been a work in progress. And seeing your great your great material come out, I was like, I gotta get going on this. Add this to my long list of things to do. But we already at Aquila, we have like a referral list that's quite long. So whenever somebody needs something, my team can go through and say, oh, we don't do this. We don't do this cross-border tax, but we have people that, you know, accounting, whatever they need. Um, but I love the idea of turning into something more formalized and that it looks great and it gets to profile people. So you'll be on our list. You're already on our list, but we're going to work on our team 100 so that we can um, 
we can also get our circulating. I think it's a great way yeah. to build profile and um, and develop. Well, and, and I noticed you did a um, an interview with um, another with another solicitor. Yes, it yeah. does. It uh, doesn't. It does happy law. And I thought, yeah. you know what? I, I just told Melanie this morning. I said, I think we should reach out to her. And She's great. And, yeah. um, and, yeah. and, you know, develop a relationship. I think you with should. It. I mean, this is what I love is that people are finding my networks. And even just during the podcast, I did one with Daniel Davis, who is a business immigration writer. He does the business plan. And uh-huh. we just got a new client out of that. And it's like the opportunity to profile the people we work with, even because when you're a small firm, you don't have the partners upstairs or downstairs to just, you know, run up and hand the work off. So you need to create that network. So I think you're doing a great job with that. Um, So tell me, where do you think fair legal is going to be in the next three to five years? Where do you want it to go? What do you want to do? How are you going to (laughs) grow? Well, we're, we're working on it. We've got about 2,400 square feet in our office here, which Mm -hmm. meant that in COVID we were well spaced out. (laughs) So uh, so I'm hoping to fill those offices. And um, one of the things that I'm working on is seeing whether I can integrate um, other non-lawyer professionals into, particularly in the psychological counseling area, Mm -hmm. integrate that into um, the delivery of legal services, because typically that's a, a, an issue when somebody comes in with a legal problem, they, they often have a bit of a psychological uh, issue as well. I'm not saying my clients are crazy, but, or, or the other side has got some psychological issues. I mean, just, and, and, and I think that we, if we just take a narrow view of the law as just being about solving the legal problem, we, we we're, we're limiting what the impact that we can have. So I think we'll mm. get a client in and, and, and they're able to, um, see their the conflict that has arisen in a different light yes and and manage their own um reactions to it like anger yes. management or substance abuse yes. you know also it's a you know, great idea we're there, we're there. there's a guy there's a law family law firm in our business group uh-huh. and they provide something similar so you need to talk to them find out they provide like a whole other service offering that has grown their yeah. practice yeah yeah i think, haven't already connected i think one of my coaches put me in touch Good. with one in the states yep and one in mexico oh and I'm, I'm already scheduled i think tomorrow morning to be talking to the the fellow in mexico Good. i haven't yet uh, made contact with the one in the state i think the other one is criminal lawyer or or family it's kind of like the aftermath of all that emotionality yeah so definitely make sure and they literally offer courses and support and it's all the psychologists like here's your binder they call it i forget the name but it's like a blue binder project where it's about all the other things that you need to take care of so you don't find yourself in this situation again yeah. i think it's a great model I, I think so so when i what i've been reaching out to um other family lawyers here in in the city hmm. um some senior family lawyers and and they're interested in participating in some kind of a round table on this Good. i've also been reaching out to psychologists who practice in in the area some of them are are do you know expert reports and stuff and there's mm. one in particular i'm trying to get her onto my team 100 list because Great. what she does is provide 
um, consulting, so uh, basically litigation support, yeah. and will help a client. Say a say a dad who's who's not really sure how to parent. He's now got a a toddler, and and mm. and now he's got to step up to the plate and be a parent. And yeah. so she'll uh, work with a client like that to help them get mm. get. Uh, get squared away. And I think that's better than just saying, taking a kind of a, a cold standoff. Well, we're solving the problem as it is. And the facts are what they are. Well, no, the facts are always in constant change. We might as yeah. well have a positive influence on the facts as well as, as on the, on the law. So. Oh, I love that. I love that. I think, so. I think this is something you need to really think about developing or branding around the fact that you, you know, you're focused on Charles making the world a better place. And it's not just, I fought this fight in court and we won. It's how do I impact my clients' lives for the rest of their lives? So, so that's that's I a love that. I, I, well, and that's where I have a problem with how do I market it. So I'll give you an example of a yeah. criminal client. Actually, yeah. it's criminal and family. Yeah. This guy is is a blue collar guy. He'd go out hunting. Then he'd go to the bar, he'd get drinking, then he'd get into a fight, the police would be called, you know, the same escalation. Yeah. I think he was facing 16 charges or something. Oh. I had I had him, I was on, on for him in, uh, I think, four different courts, Red Deer, Calgary, uh, uh, one yeah. way up north, he had a, I just, I got an agent to deal with that one wow. down, down in Turner Valley. And a lot of this was anger management. Mm-hmm. And then you start probing into it and you realize, my God, he grew up in a, in a, you know, in a family where his stepdad was very physically abusive. Mm-hmm. You know, he had alcohol issues and, you know, by, by demonstrating to him that I really was on his side, yeah. out of those 16 charges, uh, the Crown ended up with, withdrawing almost all of them. I think he only had to do some intermittent sentence on, on one in Red Deer, which is a road rage incident. The assaulting the police officers <laughs> and, and all of that stuff with, down great. in Turner Valley was all gone That's as a great. result of my work. And one day he calls me up, he says, you know, I, I got a problem with my exes, you know, because he had a couple of kids, right? Yep. He, the exes cut me off as I'm seeing the kids and her new boyfriend is driving me crazy. And if something, something doesn't change, we're going to have another problem. <laughs> <laughs> and so so at this point, I'm count, now count, counseling him on yes. how to communicate with he can't communicate with his ex because she's cut him off all communications, right? So now he's got to go through the boyfriend. So now we're looking at a at a, a very dangerous, volatile, three-way situation. Mm-hmm. And he was listening to me. He was listening to me because he knew, I because he trusted me because I was on his side, exactly. right? Exactly. And, and I, I said, look, this is how you do it. This is how you stay focused. And he called me back a few days later. He said or a few weeks later, whatever, he said, you know, I was successful in getting through to the boyfriend. He opened up a channel of communication so that that he could talk to the the ex about parenting. She started his parenting time and she dropped her child support application, which meant that I lost my child, my my family law file. But you know what? It was an impact. And And I go, you know, well, that's when you have an impact on somebody's life. Yeah. That's where, you know, so that's the difference. Oh, I love it. I love it. Well, my problem is how do you how do you how do we say to well come to fair legal if 
if you've got anger management issues <laughs> and you need somebody that you can trust, I mean, it's, I don't know how to. No, pitch, right? but I think I think I'm sure you'll come up with it. And, you know, with our business group, I think you'll be able to. For me, it's very much you take care of all aspects of people's lives, yeah. not yeah. just the litigation. But well, I think it's well, looking yeah. at it in this full circle picture. Um, yeah. How can we help you leave this relationship or this engagement with us? better than you started and not just because you got off or whatever but also how can we develop you so that you won't have to keep getting into the cycle right how can we break those cycles so i think it's a great model yeah you know? i definitely do i think that that's you're onto something and i'm looking forward to hearing more about it um yeah. is there anything else charles you want to share with us about you or fair legal before we wrap up our podcast today and that but let people know where to find you and how to work with you. Is there anything else you want to share? Because I think you've, you've given us a really good sense of who you are, what you want and your philosophy and your why, why you do what you do. Yeah. You've given us that. And I love that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, if, if, if one of your clients wants to reach out to me, that's great. They can contact your office and, and, and ask for the referral. I'm happy to do that. Right. So <laughs> or they can um, find you online at fairly. They can find Yeah. Fairlegal.ca. Uh, yeah. Great. Yeah. So, great. but um yeah, no, I don't think I have anything else to add. I mean, you get me talking and talk for a few <laughs> hours. <laughs> I'm looking forward to when we could meet in person and sit on a patio. Yeah. Have a well, you know, that was the funny thing is a stroke because we have such a wide spaces, you know, we, we have COVID mm-hmm. screens and all of that yeah, and masking same. and everything. And, and we would give clients an option and they'd say, Oh, we can come into the office. Oh, please let me come into the <laughs> office. <laughs> I think everybody's just anxious to be able to yeah. engage with each other. So yeah. I really look forward to meeting you in person and Melanie as well. And, um, and seeing your firm grow and develop. And I really appreciate your time yeah. today, Charles. Thank you so yeah. much yeah, for good. being on our podcast for Act the Law. It's been really fun. Okay, thank you. Thank you. I hope the information was valuable to you. Please do let me know if you have any questions. You can reach us at akalaw.com, A-C-K-A-H-L-A-W.com, or you can contact us by phone at 403-452-9515. Have a great day. Thank you.